Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. There are a lot of crazy things happening in the world today. Are they a big deal? Or is it too late? Has Canada been lost? My guest today says the fight is not over. And she even says the ripples are turning into waves. Constitutional lawyer and someone I consider a friend, Carol Crossan. So good to have you with me again, Carol. It's fabulous to spend this time with you. Well, the last time we talked, uh, you know, we talked a bit about some of the cases you're doing, some of the things happening on campuses. And I thought it'd be great to just chat again and kind of fill me in as to what's been happening. Do you have any developments or things you can fill us in on? I'm not a proponent of letting moss grow under my feet, Leon. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always busy wherever there's some trouble. I, I like to get involved. And my heart is to help people who are experiencing injustice. So as you know, I practice full-time constitutional and human rights. And I'm president of a charity called Rights and Freedoms Advocate. So we we like to step into to arenas where individuals are experiencing a threat to their rights and freedoms. So I've always got lots on the go. When, when you have, you know, when you're doing legal action like that for people's rights, what are some of the things where you're hoping to achieve in court? Like a lot of us aren't lawyers. So at what seems very normal or common sense to you, the rest of us are just questioning it. What are you achieving in court when you go there uh, and you represent somebody with constitutional law? Well, Leon, the individual or the group, my client is always my first priority. So there's, there's always a broader issue behind that, but their rights uh, and their preferences, what they stand for, that always comes first to me and that can't be lost in the mix. But further to that, there's there's a broader principle always behind what they're going through. And it's an incursion. It's a tightening, if you will, uh, a, a noose that's tightening I see in Canadian culture on people's autonomy, their rights and their freedoms. And it may come from a municipal authority. It may come from the federal government. There's a lot of that lately. It may come on a university campus. But these are the kinds of people who say enough is enough and they'll say, no, I will stand against this. And so if I have the opportunity, I want to be right alongside them because whatever they're standing for, they don't just stand for themselves. They stand for everyone in Canadian culture who's experiencing those kinds of incursions. And if people like that don't stand, we're lost. So, so there are, I like to call them our present day heroes. I, I agree. I know when we used to talk about America, and I mean, how litigious it was over there. I mean, there's just people getting sued everywhere. But in what we're talking about today, I, I like what you just said, that these are heroes because they could just kind of let it go and move on. Um, but to get involved in this kind of a fight, it's important for them. But it is also important to the greater good, isn't it? Oh, it is, Leon. And you know, each one of them that I speak to, it's almost like they're speaking from the same script. They don't know that, but I hear the same words again and again. They'll say, they'll say things like, if I don't stand in this, who will? They'll say, if I don't stand in this, I think I'd lose my soul. 
I, I can't live with myself unless I stand on this issue. And so they're the people that will often say, I think I'm the kind of person that can stand and maybe it'll help somebody else. And they think that's the first time that's occurred to anyone. But honestly, these kinds of heroes, it occurs to all of them. It doesn't make it any less precious that they say it. In fact, I like to tell them, you're not alone in this. There are many people who are standing just like you because they usually feel alone. That is so true. You know, I was talking the other day with some folks about courage and heroes. And we were talking about fear. And some people think that these people that stand up um, and, and they just come under attack, uh, that you know, they're just different, they're made differently. But I think they feel the same fear. What's, what makes something unique about a hero is they feel the same fear, they understand the consequences, and they rise up and they do something right. It's what you do in the face of fear that I think makes you a hero or a champion. They feel that same fear. Don't you agree? I agree. And I've spoken to many groups about themes just like that. To warn people that just because you might feel afraid, doesn't mean you're not called to stand. That uncomfortable feeling about what could happen to me, that's a feeling that everyone who encounters a risk faces. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't stand. You know, as Canadians, I, I like the words of Jordan Peterson when he talks about agreeableness. I think Canadians are a little more agreeable than, than a lot of, uh, you know, people from other, other nations. But it doesn't mean that when they're pushed hard enough, they won't stand. I like to think we perhaps are a little more cautious, but we have seen across Canada that when Canadians are pushed hard enough, they will certainly stand and they'll do it with courage, even if they're afraid. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like agreeableness when it comes to relationships and, and compromising, working things out. But when it comes to things like, our rights being eroded or, you know, mandates or whatever is going on, um, I think it's much more serious and it's time to stand up and do something, especially, uh, we got kids, we've got grandkids, uh, we need a free Canada. Yeah, we do. And, and one of the things I'm often met with in relation to many of my clients is people uh, will have sort of a knee-jerk reaction or have in past when somebody's in trouble, their first question is usually, well, what have they done wrong? Like there must be a reason they're in trouble. And, and it's very unfortunate. I think it's understandable we have that reaction. But often today, it's just because they're standing. It's simply because they're standing. I'll give you an example. I have a street preacher that I'm representing out in Vancouver. Uh, his name is Stephen Brown. He simply stands on the street uh, with his Bible and preaches the Bible. He's been charged with mischief and caused disturbance. When we've been in front of the court so far, the question from the judge has persistently been, well, what was he doing wrong? Many people about his very case have said he must have done something wrong. I've said repeatedly there's nothing in the evidence on Stephen Brown that shows he's done anything wrong. 
he stood on a street and preached the Bible. And so I don't think it serves us well. I mean, we should be cautious in thinking, is there something I'm doing wrong that I'm in trouble when we are? But often today, it's simply because people are standing and it behooves us to support people who are standing and perhaps not persist too much in the notion that it must be because they did something wrong. It occurs to us now that maybe it's because they're doing something right. It's true. It's so true. I mean, people often think that, you know, if there's trouble and there's problems, like what do you do wrong? You'll hear things, if there's smoke, there's fire, there must be something deeper in this. Um, but it's true. And, you know, you must see it all the time when someone, you know, kind of gets the strength or the courage to say, I'm going to do something about it. And I mean, it's months, if not years, in some cases, probably there must be like an emotional roller coaster for them. Yeah, I think there always is. Uh, people who are fighting injustice, I see commonality. There's a pattern uh, with every client I've ever served. I mean, they're in a corner. Uh, they're being victimized. They question their actions. It's a bit emotional. It, it is for everyone. It is when you and I go through something like that. And it helps them to know they're not alone. There's other people like them that are going through the same things. They don't share views that are opposite from the rest of Canadian society. There are others in Canadian society that feel the same and they need people. I hope I can be one of those and other people who can come alongside and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk through this wall with you. That's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna break down the wall. Uh, so it's very important that their community too, that their church, that others in their community, family and friends, pats them on the back and, and tells them, you're a hero. Leon, I don't know how many people I have told in the past few months, uh, and, and they all warrant it. I've told them, you're setting such a good example for those who come after you. Your children, I, I told somebody the other day that you read stories about heroes to your children. I hope you know that what you tell them isn't as powerful as what you're doing right now, because what you're doing right now is providing a real life example to your children of how to stand reasonably and firmly. That kind of courage, it will impact them and your descendants, uh, you know, forever. You know what? Well, I'm thinking about my grandpa. When they talk about character and courage, it wasn't an option for them. It was you will always be uh, have character. You will always make the right decision. You will use wisdom in how you do it. But today, it's it's first of all, how will it affect me? How will it influence my finances? Will the woke guys try to cancel me out? And and we they think it's wisdom, but to do nothing at all, it, it's almost cowardly. It's like everybody needs to start speaking up, standing up in a legal way, you know, and, and let's change this nation and turn it around. Yeah. Wasn't it Bonhoeffer that said to do nothing is to do something? Yes. When, when we stand and watch and do nothing, we are taking an action. It's, it's, the, it's an act of omission. And it's really unfortunate. And I think in, in our present day society, it's because we've let a few of these things go in the name of, you know, conciliation and cooperation. You know, this isn't a big enough hill to die on. 
but the hill's getting bigger and bigger, Leon. And what I'm excited about is many Canadians are now saying, okay, that hill, I've had enough. Now I'm going to stand. It's fabulous to see what Canadians are made of right now. It's very true. You know, you you mentioned a Bible verse there for those who, everyone's not a Christian who's watching, but, you know, it talks about the sins you commit, but then there's the sins of omission. No one seems to think that, realize that, that to do nothing uh, can be as terrible as committing a sin. You're talking about heroes. Is there anything you can tell us about some of the people that you're representing right now and their stand? And I I just love the way you talk. Be courageous. Canada's changing. Canadians have been pushed too far because so many Canadians I'm talking to are, think it's too late. Everything is done. Leon, it's over. And you kind of go, are you kidding me? Like, I feel like we're just beginning to get up and use every legal recourse and every, you know, lawful recourse we can to change the nation. But can you tell me some stories about some of the people you're seeing, maybe working with? Yeah, 100%. You know, Leon, I've been in in this kind of uh, arena for about a decade, and people have usually told me it's either too early or too late. They said, (laughs) oh, no, it's not bad enough, or, well, now it's so bad we can't do a thing. Courageous people, they say it's always the time to act. It always is. So Leon, let me tell you a story about an individual on the Ryerson campus in Toronto. Her name's Emmanuel. And when she was a student on the Ryerson campus, she was also involved on a public street that goes through the campus, sharing a message in regard to the sanctity of life with other individuals and groups. Because of that, Uh, She was told she was prohibited from receiving discrimination or equity services on campus. So in a rare stroke of irony, she was prevented, discriminated against, we maintain, in receiving discrimination services. So she's a woman of color. She could not receive racialized student services. She's diabetic. She couldn't receive disability services. And she's a survivor of sexual assault. She was prohibited from going to events that were to help people who survived sexual assault, all because she shared the wrong message on that campus. She's a real hero to me. She's an individual who came to me to say, it might be hard for some people to feel comfortable standing on something like this, but I think I can and I can help others by doing so. Wow. Yeah, no, that is... when I, when I meet people or I'm interviewing people now um, across the nation and people around the world, doctors, scientists, people who have stood up because their wisdom and their education shows them there's something wrong and they're being canceled out and they're losing careers and friends and family, but they can't back down. And you'll see them tear up or we'll chat afterwards after we've done the interview and you begin to see the incredible pain they've gone through. They are absolutely heroes. You, you need to write a book about courage and heroes because you've got a. It's. I think it's a big deal. I think it is too. I get to rub shoulders with a lot of these heroes, and the little ripples in in Canada right now they're turning into waves because there's more and more and more of them, Leon. Because you and I know courage is it's contagious. It is. And so once somebody finds out, wow, that person had the courage to stand, 
I think I could do it too. It's very exciting. I'm in an appeal at federal court right now on Canada summer jobs. I've been representing clients on Canada summer jobs for five years now. And so now we're at the federal court of appeal for a group whose whose message is on the sanctity of life. And they decided, no, I will not swear to the 2018 attestation to respect and support abortion just so I can be treated equally with other Canadians. And, you know, it's steps like that that the government took that now we're seeing creep into other areas where, you know, there's a values test to qualify for this, that, and the other. And I'm so proud of my clients standing early on in that fight because now we're seeing that the fight is spreading and I'm hoping others will join that fight. I'm seeing it. Are you hearing of any other cases? Like it's hard for us as the public because uh, the mainstream media, they will not give one bit of information out that makes it look uh, as though anyone that's against the main narrative is winning in any area. But are, you know, you're because you're talking about and you're saying, well, listen, like we're seeing so many changes. Where are you seeing these changes in court cases or social media? Where are you seeing some of the changes coming? Uh, I'm seeing them, of course, in the cases that I'm working on. I know there's other good hearted lawyers across the country that are doing that work. I keep my nose down and get as much work as I possibly can done. So I'm not aware as probably I should be of the work everybody else is doing, but I hear of it from time to time and I'm so excited about it. We just took our vaccine mandate case to court on May 5th and 6th in Alberta. From what I understand, it's the first full-fledged Section 7 charter case on vaccine mandates. There have been some great cases, labor arbitration cases, and some cases on COVID restrictions. But this is a full-fledged Section 7 court challenge on the vaccine mandate. So we were really excited to just entirely, thoroughly go into Section 7 on that because we believe the Charter protects autonomy. It protects life, liberty, and security. So we made a strong argument on those days. And our student applicant, Haley Nasacek, Dean, she's another one of those heroes on the University of Lethbridge campus. Very cool. How about travels or anything happening with travel? That's got to be the craziest thing that a fifth of our nation can't travel at all outside its borders. And we're the only country in the world, people are telling me, that even do this. I know. I think there's some litigation presently in, in the works that some other groups are doing on that issue. Leon, I'm not sure at what point in the litigation that that is, but I'm very happy to see that issue yes. handled. Yes, the other thing we talked about the last time you and I chatted was um, you talked a fair bit about what's going on um, on our post-secondary uh, institutions and their properties. And, uh, and you seem to be still involved there a fair bit. And I don't think people realize that, is it, I forget how you put it, but it's like it's different on a university campus than it is on, and just walking down a regular city street. Yeah, you, everybody would make the assumption, and rightly so, that freedom of expression is protected on university campuses. But the first hoop in any charter case is to prove that the entity is government, because the charter doesn't provide protection against anything other than government. 
It's, it's our protection, our shield against government, but government only. And so in some jurisdictions, for example, Ontario is one of them, the court has ruled that universities are private entities, the charter doesn't apply. In Alberta, we have the opposite jurisprudence. I litigated a case last year and got a ruling in Manitoba. Now the charter protects students on campuses there. Uh, so it, it, you're right, it's different on various campuses. Leon, I've also had the privilege of representing various professors on campuses who have simply questioned the woke narrative. You know, these are principled people, they're academics, they're thinking people. And so when they push back and they question, uh, lately they've been getting in trouble, but I'm so proud to be able to represent folks like that. That is so true. It's, uh, you know, our time is, is up already. It went by so fast, but man, thank you so much, Carol, for, for just, your stance, your courage. I love the fire that comes out of you when you talk about this, because I agree with you that courage is transferable. It, you know, and everybody I'm talking to now is saying, people are starting to get it. The word is getting out. Those who stuck to mainstream media and, and just didn't listen to anything else. There is just this whole lift of information that's taking place because of everything we're all doing and not backing down. And it is causing people to rise up. It is, you know, Leon, if there's any thought I want to leave with you today, it's that some people that approach me think because they're not involved in what I'm doing, what you're doing or what somebody else is doing that they can't express courage. I think every individual in Canada right now has their circle and when they see something, a problem, they can be the first person in their room to speak up. Just like my clients are the first person in their room. Yes. Every individual in Canada can do that. They might not do it like you do it. They might not express courage like I am trying to. They might not do it how my clients try to. But they have a sphere in which they can find something to do to push back and to stand. So they should not be discouraged that they can't express courage to. Everyone has that opportunity, I believe. Oh, that is so good. And you know, there's a, a proverb uh, that goes, speak truth in love. Or another way to put it is, speak up, speak truth, but value the people you're speaking to. So you're not condescending and arrogant. And then I, I like that in, in coffee shops and families, if we would speak up, um, you know, and say, hey, uh, here's a thought, but do it in a way that values that person. Man, I think that the entire nation would change super fast if everybody would just do that. Yeah, that's right. There may be a lot of darkness and a lot of people approach me with that idea, but I say, you be the light then. You be the light. And every time you see a light, I look for the people in my day that will bring light. And I'll sometimes say to them on the phone, you brought the light into my day, into my day today. And that's helps us in the middle of the darkness, not to concentrate on the darkness, but to concentrate on the light and try to be that light ourselves. Yeah. There's a lot of lighthouses all across the country that are beaming out hope and it's more and more and more rising up. So I've got so much hope. You know, this is all going to fall apart, whatever you want to call this is, but this, this taking away freedom and Canada going in the wrong direction. There's just too many people rising up and uh, we're all going to win. We are. We are. We just keep, we need to keep sharing that light. Yes. So good. Thank you so much, Carol. Thanks, Leon. 
Looking at the heroes around us and the cowards, you know, you've got them both. The only difference between cowards and heroes is not how they feel. They both feel the same fear. It's in what they do. And when fear begins to push at you, when you do something, that action, it brings courage and fear dissipates. Inaction, doing nothing, it increases the fear and the torment in your life and courage dissipates. So do something, speak up, value the people around you, and let's stop being quiet. We have a beautiful country and we can legally and within our democratic process speak up and change our nation. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv.